Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're taking a look at interest rates. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve increased the federal funds rate to a range between five and a quarter and five and a half percent, a quarter point increase. This clearly sets the stage for short-term interest rates to increase again. But the yield on the 10-year Treasury decreased from 3.91% a day before to 3.86% following the Fed announcement. The yield on the 30-day T-bill is currently 5.46%. This is more or less matching the Fed funds rate. Back in October of 2022, 30-day T-bill was ranging between 2.85 and 3.75 as the Fed was aggressively increasing rates during that same period. The yield on the 10-year Treasury at that time was 4 and a quarter. The interest rate that most investors care about is linked to the yield on the 10-year Treasury. Today we have an interest rate inversion where the market is clearly signaling to the Fed that they don't believe them. The real question is what's next? We are seeing deflationary prices. We have a globally synchronized economic down cycle. The Fed says it's raising rates, and the European Central Bank says it's going to raise rates. Japan is not. But as we've discussed on this show before, we've not seen a dramatic rise in the bond rates over the past eight to nine months. And since most of the long-term lending is indexed to the yield on the 10-year or 30-year bond, these numbers have hardly moved since October. Now, if you listen to the rhetoric from the Fed chairman, you would think... They have tremendous influence over the market. The market sets the rates, not the Fed Open Market Committee. In Europe, we're seeing demand for credit falling. This is not being driven by interest rate increases. The reason we know that is that the rates have hardly increased. So that cannot be the reason. Businesses are not going to stop borrowing for a couple of percentage points if they have things to do that will drive business growth. We went from 0% to 2% in Europe. That's not enough to choke off business activity. There's got to be another explanation. These are deflation and recessionary markers that are consistent with an economic cycle. Rates rise when there's competition for money. Rates fall when there's a lack of demand for money. When we talk about money markets, that is an accurate term in the true sense of the word market. Just like the price of tomatoes or gold or oil, if demand goes up and exceeds supply, the price goes up. If demand falls, then prices fall. It's the same thing with money. If demand for money goes up, then interest rates rise. Regardless what the Fed says about rates, we see supply and demand forces are dominating the cost of money over the longer term. But outside the headlines, we've just seen another forced merger between banks. That's the bank regulator stepping in and forcing a bank to be taken over because failure of the bank was imminent. By preempting the failure and forcing the merger, the regulator keeps a public bank failure out of the public eye. Nothing to see here, move right along. This bank didn't fail, it was a merger. These happen all the time. The banking system is resilient and strong. Remember, the Federal Reserve implemented a new tool in the wake of the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and First Republic. The Bank Term Funding Program, or BTFP, was to provide up to a one-year line of credit, and all the borrowing bank needs to do is pledge some collateral. Eligible collateral includes any eligible collateral for purchase by the Federal Reserve Banks in open market operations, provided that that collateral was owned by the borrower as of March 12, 2023. So if the borrowing bank held, say, 10-year treasuries that today would be trading at a discount to their face value, they can borrow against the face value of that collateral. The rate for term advances are the one-year overnight index swap rate plus 10 basis points. 
and the rate will be fixed for the term of the advance on the day the advance is made. If a bank borrowed today from that window at the Fed, they would pay around 5.7%, so that money's not cheap. So far, the current balance, as of two days ago, at the Fed was $102.9 billion on this program since its inception in March. Now, you might be wondering if that's a lot. I personally think it's a lot, especially when you consider that this new facility is supposed to be a backstop in addition to the pre-existing Fed discount window, which provides credit for up to 90 days. Current borrowing at the traditional discount window is $291 billion. That's down from $329 billion in April, but it's up from $15.6 billion in February. Borrowing at the discount window was under $32 billion for all of 2022. So when you add together the discount window and the BTFP, that's a total of nearly $400 billion in emergency credit being loaned out to the banks. That's not a sign of health. Not only that, the information is actually difficult to find, which means that Google's search algorithms are not seeing relevant keywords. The Fed is disclosing the information because they have to, but they're not inserting the search keywords that would make the information easy to find. I'm seeing indicators in the U.S. and Europe that are exposing what the Fed can't really hide. We have a weakening economy, and the fall in inflation is due to falling demand, not necessarily rising short-term interest rates. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.